Good afternoon, and welcome to a, another episode of Not Minding My Own Business. I'm Russell Farbiars, your estate planning and elder law attorney, uh, and I am joined here today by Tanya Mace of Guild Mortgage. Hey, Tanya, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, living the dream. How about you? <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty, pretty much the same. Uh, now, Tanya and I go go uh, go back probably about ten years. Uh, Tanya actually helped me get a mortgage on uh, on the house that I'm in now about ten years ago, and that and she did such a fantastic job um, that I'm I'm excited to have her here today to to talk oh, to everyone. So sweet, thank you. So welcome. So so Tanya, can you tell us a little bit about um, about your business? You're with Guild Mortgage now, so so, so yes. tell our listeners a little bit about about what you're doing. So Guild Mortgage uh, acquired my previous company where I was working called Residential Mortgage Services back in August of 2021. And Guild is a national lender, uh, a direct lender, and they were established back in 1960. So they have a very wow. long tenure. And our company kind of like fit like a puzzle piece where they were missing uh, a national footprint in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic corridor. So it worked out perfectly. I still work with all the same amazing people and um, basically continue on my mission of dedicating my life to making home ownership a reality in the lives of the people I touch and educating them along the way and relaxing and having fun in the process too. I like to joke around and, and make it a little lighthearted. It doesn't have to be so serious, but um, yeah, it's, it's working beautifully 25 years i've been doing this now so wow yeah <laughs> well, well, well tanya you don't you don't look like you've been doing it 25 years i would expect after 25 <laughs> years in the mortgage business for there to be gray hairs and wrinkles and you know uh, you, you know uh, yeah uh, <laughs> maybe you know. other people but i'm not gonna <laughs> let that happen I, <laughs> I i try and and you know make things fun and you know keep it keep it real. <laughs> and you know, one thing I remember from working with you is that you're also very open to finding creative solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, you don't, you don't say no, you say, how can we get there? I do. I'm a problem solver. There's a solution for every problem. <laughs> I like to think outside the box. Yeah. And then, and, and that, that uh, I, I remember that being very, very helpful uh, because of course, uh, I never do something that's inside the box, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I need someone like you. Uh, for sure, for sure. What What are some of those some of those out of box uh, solutions though that you that you come up with for clients over your career? Uh, I like to really take a look at the whole picture, you know, not just what appears to be surface level. And you know, I ask a lot of questions of my clients, you know, trying to find out what their goals are, you know why are they looking for the home? You know, what purpose is it serving? You know, how long are they going to be there? And, you know, is putting a large down payment making the most sense or can we reallocate funds to pay off some debt? You know, if you're looking to get pre-approved for a certain amount or, you know, looking to borrow a certain amount, how can we make that number happen? You know, it's really all encompassing. You know, it's not just a credit report and a W-2. You know, there's about 30,000 pages of government guidelines and regulations that it's my job to know. So when you know the ins and outs of all of those, you get to find, 
you know, those loopholes that really can make a difference between getting someone alone or not. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that that, I mean, I know from experience that, that, that's helpful. Uh, your, your knowledge. Um, I, one of the things I remember was, was you saved us tons of money on PMI or private mortgage insurance by convincing us to pay it up front uh, on a conventional loan. So maybe tell our listeners a little bit about what, what PMI is and, and how it works. So PMI is private mortgage insurance, and that is the insurance that lenders require when you have less than 20% down on a home. And their traditional you know, PMI was always paid per month. And there was really no other way around it. But, you know, years upon years ago, the PMI companies got a little creative and started coming up with some different options, like a lump sum, just like any other insurance. If you pay the full amount, you get a significant discount. Same thing for private mortgage insurance. It protects the lender against the foreclosure or default, you know, in the event that there is a defaulted situation, the lender will get reimbursed. Unfortunately, the, the borrower is still not off the hook. They still have to pay for the insurance and you know, they would still have a default or a foreclosure on their record. But paying it in a lump sum once and done as part of your, close, as part of your closing costs, or you can finance it into the loan in some cases, mm-hmm. saves you considerably. Usually the break-even point is about three years versus PMI typically is paid for anywhere from 10 to 12 years. You know, before it would drop off. And once you have that 20% equity, so if you're just putting three or 5% down, you would generally pay that mortgage insurance for 10 or 12 years, but paying it in a lump sum, you usually recover the cost a lot more quickly. So it's just, it's a real no brainer. It becomes cost prohibitive though, for people who may not have as good credit. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, borrowers who are in that mid to six, mid 600, low 600, it becomes pretty expensive. So it's not as, as good of an option. Okay. And now I, you, you, you said that you said that you, you pay it up until you get to tw- to 20%. So does the lender automatically remove it if you're paying it monthly and until when you get to 20% down, or do you have to apply for that? So there's a couple, it's interesting that you asked that question. It's a great questions. The ones that I get almost every day, quite honestly. Uh, so with mortgage insurance, it won't drop off until automatically until you're at 78% loan to value. You can request it to be removed prior to that. And it's at the lender's discretion. They're going to look and make sure that the property value hasn't decreased or that you haven't missed any payments, but you can request it to be removed once you believe you're at 80%, either naturally through making your payments or just by virtue of, you know, the value of being increased, or maybe you've done home improvements or you've put a a lump sum, you know, payment or you're aggressively paying your mortgage down, you can request it to be removed before that. So in this, in this real estate market, we find ourselves in here in 2022, where prices and property values have gone up exponentially, a borrower could potentially request that be removed a lot sooner than, you know, that 10 year or 12 year because their, their property is probably worth more and that would change the loan to value calculation. Absolutely. And I was also, you know, when, when the rates went to three, you know, below three, sub three, mid three, (laughs) you know, I had borrowers who had purchased homes a couple of years before, you know, 2018, 2019, I was refinancing them. They had gained 
you know, a significant amount of equity in between some of which were able to drop their PMI just by, you know, a matter of a couple of years. That's how much their property values had increased. That's the last couple of years. Of course, we know that's a little bit of an anomaly. Mm -hmm. That was not sustainable. It was unlikely to continue. Our government was keeping mortgage rates artificially low by injecting, you know, billions of dollars into the mortgage-backed securities market. So now we're entering into more of a, a normal, you know, mortgage rate environment where, you know, the conversations I'm having with borrowers, you know, about equity gain right now, you know, that's probably makes up the larger portion of my conversations with buyers, you know, should they buy now or should they wait, you know, and, and the answer couldn't be more, yes, you should resoundingly buy now because that old saying, the best time to buy a home was five years ago. It, it's more true today than than ever, you know, for so many reasons. And if you'd like to hear all the reasons, I'm happy to share the conversations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why don't we why don't we talk about some some of those those reasons why now now is the is the right time? Um, you know, starting with you know rates, and I don't want to get into specific rates because you know they change on a daily basis, minute by minute, minute by minute. But you know, <laughs> what are the different? I guess when we start here, what are the different types of of loan packages that that you can that you can offer, uh, I think most lenders, you know, because a lot of people don't know that the government regulates the mortgage process. It is basically our government-sponsored entities, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, make all the rules for the mortgages. Like I mentioned, there's about thirty thousand pages of guidelines for the different programs. You know that you hear conventional loans technically conforming loans are governed by your Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Then there's Federal Housing Administration, which is FHA, Veteran, which is VA, USDA, zero down payment, USDA, yes, U.S. Department of Agriculture has a program that's a zero down payment. Uh, And then there's first-time homebuyer programs through the state of Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania Housing, you know, Mm -hmm. all which offer, you know, various interest rates, the rates differ based on the program as well. But in general, you know, rates are right now what are considered, you know, a normal um, area, which a lot of people were spoiled with those lower rates, not realizing that the government was making that happen. So we're still below the 100 year average, 100 year average rate is just below 8%. So we're, we're still good. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I have this conversation with people too, because I think because rates have been in that, you know, sub five area since, you know, really since what, like the mid 2000s, really. Right. So we're here I, in November of 2022. Yeah. Right. Right. So, <laughs> so for like the last 20 ish years, you, you know, we've seen, we've seen those rates, but, but really the, the, the average is really somewhere around 8%. And if you go mm-hmm. back to like the, the late 1970s, early 1980s, 14, uh, 15, 16, 18 <laughs> percent. Right, right, right. So, so we've we've all been spoiled. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so my parents got a rock bottom 14 percent. I put 20 percent down and had to pay two points to get that rock bottom rate. That's 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 right. So, so I think it's all about perspective. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, and you know the interest rates, of course, might make it so that you can't buy quite as expensive of a house because you got higher higher interest charges but you know what do you tell a borrower 
who says, oh, well, interest rates are too high. I don't think, I think I want to rent for another year. What, what, what do you tell them? Oh, that, that's a, a very excellent question. And, you know, after a conversation with me, many buyers are like, wow, I'd be foolish not to buy right now. That's <laughs> basically what you're telling me. You know, and, and generally right now, people don't realize that the housing inventory is the lowest that it's ever been. And there's a number of reasons for that. Number one is the millennials, that age group of 28 to 35, they're the largest demographic of the home buying age since the baby boomers. And, you know, now young people are buying homes. You know, when you and I were buying homes, I'm not sure how old you are, but I'm 50. I just turned 50. It was unheard of to buy a home unless you were in a committed relationship. You know, our parents were buying homes, you know, married and probably with a kid before they bought homes and were putting 20% down. Now more singles are buying homes than ever. You know, then you have people who are divorcing. You know, that's another household that's being created. Uh, construction all but slowed, if not halted during the pandemic. Uh, they don't make more land. Uh, builders are finding supply chain issues to be a problem, finding skilled workers, skilled tradesmen. So construction is about four to five. We're about four to five million housing units short nationwide. Rents are going up. You know, rents were up 14% just in the last two years. Uh, so all of those reasons are causing, you know, adding to the, to the housing inventory shortage. You have people moving from the cities because of the health situation. They want to get, you know, out of those really, you know, populated areas, so to speak. And they're buying up a lot of housing in your rural, more rural areas or smaller towns. Um, more and more people are now working from home remotely than ever before. You know, companies who wouldn't have ever dreamed of letting their entire staff work remotely now are shutting down their brick and mortar, you know, and people can literally live anywhere and work. So, you know, people who were, you know, tied to or chained to their jobs, having to be in a certain area now are, you know, maybe moving out of a condo or a high rise apartment building and buying a home in more affordable areas. So we're, our housing, you know, inventory in Berks County is, is the lowest it's ever been. Um, just the last several months, thankfully, we've gotten a few, mm -hmm. a few more listings, but um, that means that the housing shortage property values are going to continue to increase. You know, the last seven out of nine recessions housing has stayed the same or gained in value. So in Berks County, last 60 years, it's about three to 5% appreciation, historical average. We can't count the last two years because, you know, that was 10, 12, 15% appreciation. So I tell people, okay, you buy a house for 200,000. You put your minimum down payment, you know, let's say you invest $20,000 to buy a home with your minimum down plus your closing costs. That two hundred thousand dollar house gains four percent between three and five in equity mm -hmm. in twelve months. So four percent equity on two hundred thousand is eight thousand dollars, and you gain you know eight thousand dollars in equity in twelve months for your twenty thousand dollar investment. Well, that's a forty percent return on your money. <laughs> <laughs> so where else are we going to get a forty percent return? on your investment in your checking account? No, money market, no. heck no. 
maybe a financial advisor. I've, I've never met a financial advisor that's that good. <laughs> that's that's small water. Yeah. Yeah. That's stock a, that's market, a, if you're really lucky. <laughs> yeah. That's why, you know, real estate continues to be a fantastic mm-hmm. investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the downside is there are, there are costs, you know, when you, when you, when you own real estate, you have to maintain it and, and, and whatnot. But, <laughs> but I never looked at it exactly how you just put it. But when you think, when you think about that, a 40% increase, I mean, that's, yeah. that's just, that's just amazing. Uh, so, and, you know. and you have to think about it that way because it's like an investment, just like anything else. I mean, if you put your, you put your money into just some stagnant savings account, you're just going to earn a few dollars here or there. I mean, real estate has always been and always will be the best place to invest your money. More wealth has been earned globally by the investment of real estate than any other. It's at the top of the list every single time. So, you know, people can cry and complain about, you know, what the current rates are. We're still below the hundred year average and rates the last seven recessions have come down after the recession. So rates will come back down again. Will they be the 3%? No, because government spent trillions of dollars to get them there. Probably will normalize somewhere around five. Uh, Even if they stay at seven, I bought my first house around 7%. And that was, let's see, 2000, 2000s. I think it was, maybe it was six and three eighths percent. My husband bought his first house at 7.7%. So this is normal for us. Yeah, well, we bought our first house in two thousand nine. That was before I knew you, and and we 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 got we got a five percent rate. And I thought I thought to myself at the time, I'm never going to see anything better than that. Mm-hmm. And boy, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. But but I, I look at you know five six seven percent, and yeah, we've been spoiled. But it's not. It's and it's renting not a- is a hundred percent interest, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's 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 very true because you're not earning any equity when you rent you're you're helping someone else earn equity but you're not getting exactly. any of it exactly for, so for me it's a it, you know it's it's that kind of conversations that i have when people ask me should i should i buy now or should i wait and when i share the data because the data doesn't lie no. you know they can but you can look up this data you can just go on google and you know any statistic website will show you the graphs and the charts of everything that i just shared as far as you know, historical. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now, Tanya, what, what, you know, n- now you've convinced everyone that they, that they need to get, they need to buy a house and get a mortgage. What are those like top five things once you're, you know, once you're, you know, in underwriting that people do that really mess things up that they shouldn't, they should know not to do? <laughs> well, that doesn't happen on my transactions because <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I bully people in the beginning saying, don't do any of this because if you do, um, so I spend a lot of time, you know, going through the do's and don'ts of, you know, once you're pre-approved, you know, you can't be going and buying a jet ski, a boat, a motorcycle. You can't just miss any payments. You can't take the funds that you have saved for your down payment and closing costs and go to Atlantic City and put it all on black. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> you you need to you know make sure that you're keeping your credit and your usage of your funds. You know, your cash flow. You know, keep it the same. Don't change jobs. That even means don't change 
the position, even if you are in the same company, I had somebody that went from a salary position to a commission position and they thought, well, because they were at the same company that it wasn't a problem. <laughs> so um, I, ha- I do spend a lot of time going over those do's and don'ts, you know, with borrowers yeah. getting their credit inquired, you know, is another one that they shouldn't be doing once they're pre-approved. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've had plenty of those phone calls where, you know, someone has done something and then, you know, you can't close or you have to, you have to, you know, create some explanation for it, you know? <laughs> I just, it's just a phone call. You know, if you're thinking about doing anything, you know, I had somebody that unfortunately totaled their car oh. during the mortgage process and they really had no choice, but they had to buy another vehicle and, you know, it ended up in, in a payment. So um, we had to figure out how to, you know, circumvent that. And that's where the creativity and thinking outside the box <laughs> sometimes comes in. <laughs> oh, oh, for, 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 for sure. Because yeah, I had somebody rent, rent a, a vehicle for, you know, 30 days <laughs> it ended up being less, less of a problem. Yeah. Well, Tanya, how did you get started in mortgage work? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I went to Kutztown university, um, to be a teacher because I didn't know what else to do. I I first started in general studies in community college. And then I thought, okay, I'll be a teacher. And I was really interested in physical fitness at the time. I wanted to actually be a physical therapist, but because I was putting myself through college, um, had to work, you know, while I was in college to support myself, you know, that wasn't an option that I could do because it was like 1500 hours of unpaid internship observation. Um, so I ended up going to be a teacher and minored in phys ed, um, and art. (laughs) So then, uh, fast forward my senior year, I'm going through my student teaching and said, dear God, what have I done? (laughs) I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. It was I have a special place in my heart for the dedication of teachers because it is, it is, they have such a great responsibility, you know, with our youth. And I was not that person, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I still look at it as teaching because I am educating my clients, Uh, you know, I was uh, going to say that you are an educator. Uh, It's it's just not in in a classroom setting, but you are absolutely an educator. (laughs) So I, uh, I got my degree uh, in elementary education without my certification um, because I, the second student teaching, my first student teaching was in Ole Valley. Um, and I remember a child coming in the morning and they had um, grass like and stains all over their feet and their shoes and their shoes and sneaker, like, sneakers were wet. And I said, did you walk to school, fourth grader? And he said, no, I had to mow the grass this morning. And I was like, I can't, I, I really, I'm not, this is, I'm not cut out for this. I, my heart would break every day, you know, and I would want to, you know, get into fights with some parents probably. <laughs> I'm like, this probably isn't, isn't for me. So I went to, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went to manpower and they put me through like a battery of, you know, aptitude, occupational analysis of, you know, where they thought I would be successful. And they said, well, we think you'll be successful in banking. And I was like, I don't, I'm not really that great at math. What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't even like math. 
Um, so I, I got a, a job at Santander, you know, Sovereign Bank at the time in their direct banking center. And I started opening up checking and savings accounts. And then I went into um, home equity loans and home equity lines of credit. And then I got recruited by uh, one of my managers at the time. And she said, I think you'll be good in mortgage. So then I actually went to, uh, it was Pennsylvania National Bank, uh, Keystone Financial Mortgage, and they put you through like a, a three-week Mortgage 101 training course. And um, I got paid a salary at the time and there started the rest of my life. <laughs> I was actually pretty good at it, <laughs> surprisingly. Maybe not surprising. Problem but... solving more than math. Yeah, I mean the calculator does does the math the math for you. Um, yeah, still have to put the right numbers in. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. I went to law school because I wasn't that good at math, and and I find that all I do is math. So <laughs> it's all calculations of, of different of yeah. different types. So you know, we all try to get away from math, but really, it's it's central to to what we do. Yeah. But, um, you know, I it sounds like you 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 found your calling. Uh, and, and you said you said your mission is to make home ownership a reality, a, a reality for, for people. And it's it's and it's that's just great to have to have you in the community. Uh, have yeah. you have you been a, a Berks County resident your whole life, your whole life? No, actually, I grew up in Montgomery County, like Collegeville area. Um, okay. And then I went in, to Kutztown uh, and then I met my husband and. Um, we ended up, we lived in Kutztown for till about 2003. Um, and then we ended up um, moving to Douglasville. So I've been in Douglasville since about 2003. So yeah, I'm close. I mean, neighboring County. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is your, what is your fondest memory uh, of Berks County? Uh, well, um, I, I always loved the farmer's market. We didn't really have farmer's markets in Montgomery County. <laughs> yeah. um, so farmer's market is something I really enjoyed. I kind of, I actually haven't been to the farmer's markets in, in quite a while, but I, I love just driving through the countryside and, you know, all the area and seeing, you know, the rolling hills, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. A lot less congested. Yes. <laughs> uh, everybody talks about the pagoda. Would you believe I've never been to the pagoda? <laughs> you know, I've only been up to the pagoda maybe once or twice because it, it's just a pain to get up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and then once you're there, you're like, okay, this, this, you know, it's a pretty view just to to look down at this at the city of Reading, and but there's there's not that much to do, to do up there. Yeah. So how do you spend your time when you aren't working? Oh man, I just, I love, I love life. I love spending time with uh, my very closest friends. I have a, a group of friends that I've been friends with since high, since high school. Um, nice. We're all very close. We spend a lot of time together. Um, I love boating. Um, I'm fortunate enough and blessed you know, that we have a second home at the Jersey shore and we spend a lot of time on the water um, drawn to the water. Um, love to travel uh, as much as I possibly can. I'm you know, trying to do that a lot more. You know, it's been time's been an issue. Uh, love gardening and plants, you know, plants, and I love cooking. Wonderful. 
What's your favorite music? I love listening to live music. (laughs) What's your favorite meal to make? Uh, All of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We, we tacos a lot. So we like once a week we have tacos. Um, So I'll, I'll switch it up on turkey tacos or beef tacos or mahi tacos or, you know, chicken tacos or, you know, street tacos. (laughs) So, so what time is dinner at your house now? <laughs> I know. Um, we eat late, actually. We eat pretty late, seven, eight o'clock. Yeah. But tacos are, uh, Redner's has these, these very, very thin taco shells. They're almost like paper thin and so delicate. And they're small. I can't, they're like Tia Maria or something. They're in a white box. Delicious. Like we're mm. never going to go back to other taco shells because these are just, you just take a bite and they're just melt in your mouth. <laughs> well, that's that's good to know because we like we like tacos in our house too. So mm-hmm. I'll have to ch- I'll have to check those out. Well, Tanya, thank you so much uh, for being here. If any of our listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, they can call me or text me on my cell six one zero five eight seven two three eight eight. They can find me on my website, which is tanyamace.com. <laughs> uh, or you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. LinkedIn, uh, Tanya Mace, the mortgage ace. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> Tanya Mace, the mortgage ace, which actually, you know, funny story was came about when I worked at Chase for um, a not so fun eight or nine months. <laughs> Probably not my uh, favorite. It was it was during the mortgage meltdown, so I kind of got caught <laughs> in that whole era of you know, what the heck is happening. Um, but a friend of mine's, you know, of course, because my mace rhymed with chase started making these little rhymes, you know, of my name, <laughs> Tanya Mace, the mortgage ace, puts a smile on your face <laughs> going on and on from there. <laughs> so I kind of took it and ran with it. Well, it's, it's, it's a great tagline, um, yeah. <laughs> but Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate you having me. This was fun. Yeah, I, I, this was great, great to catch up. Uh, so, so Tanya Mace from Guild Mortgage. And again, thank you to to everyone for, for tuning into another episode of not minding your own business, (laughs) not minding, not minding my own business. Excuse me. (laughs) Apparently I haven't had it. Next time we can have me interview you on your show. That would be fun. Yeah. Well, let me know. We'll, 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 we'll do that. We'll do that. Yeah. That, that, that will be a lot of fun. But uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. And we look forward to seeing you next week for another episode of Not Minding My Own Business. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you.